Welcome to The Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company, on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. show on ESPN 1000 in the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. All right, the Cubs get a big win last night, 9 to 3 over the Tigers. Abdallah, your guy, Javi Baez, three hits, two of them being home runs. Elk Mills on the mound last night, seven innings pitched, seven hits given up, only three runs earned, but seven strikeouts for Mills. It was a good performance all around for the Cubs yesterday as they get the win over the Tigers. Yeah, and I know we talked about it with Waddle and Sylvie, but it's it's the Tigers, right? Like, this is a team, you lose two out of three to the White Sox, you should be going in and winning a series against the Tigers. They're 11-16. They've won four games at home so far this season. You should be able to go in and win three out of four games against the Tigers. Now, tonight... They've got uh, Spencer Turnbull, and he has not given up a home run the entire uh, season so far. He's got a 3.65 ERA. Uh, he's pitched uh, 24 and two-thirds innings so far this season, striking out 21. And Tyler Chadwood comes back for the Cubs after missing um, a few days with a bad back. He went and saw a specialist, tight back, you know, get that stretched out, maybe get one of those, like, one of those gun things, you know, like those things you see the commercials for. Where like the like, self... Uh... Yeah, yeah, like a self one, and maybe just have, like, Anthony Rizzo. Self-massager, is yeah. that what it's for? Yeah, do some, do some foam rolling maybe, get that, maybe uh, do some hot I love yoga. A, I love a good foam roll. Yeah, do, a, do some You ever hot, do that? I have foam roller, yeah, oh, absolutely. Man, it's so good. It's so painful, but if, it's so good for you. Also, do some hot yoga, you know? Get, get, get Turn up the clubhouse heat a little bit and get in there do some hot are yoga. Are we talking about us or Tyler Chatwood? What are we talking about? Listen, I, I could go for all of this I, right now. I could too. I'm a little tight, but I, I could for sure. 312-332-3776. We're here to talk baseball with you. We'll talk Cubs and Tigers up until first pitch, and then also the White Sox uh, later on this evening uh, at seven ten against the Pirates. But uh, Abdallah, when we uh, what we'll also get to is your MVP for the Cubs and the White Sox to this point in the season. We've hit the halfway mark, and that's kind of where we start tonight with our first pitch. The first pitch. Play ball. Throwing out the first pitch, and I have to say, this was rather impressive. On the baseball show. Right. There's your first pitch, and then some. On ESPN 1000. So heading into tonight's game, the Cubs are 18-10. and 10. And, of course, they get the win yesterday against the Tigers and tonight against the Tigers. That game coming up in just a couple of moments. And you have to ask yourself, if you're a Cub fan and you look at this team at this point, Abdallah, and you see what they've done to this point. I think the start of this season was a bit surprising. Um, but as we kind of dissect the schedule and kind of really look at what the Cubs have brought to the table, we have seen some of the past issues start to pop up. The offense not really hit the way that we've expected. I know nine runs yesterday and, and two home runs from Javi Baez are a big deal. But really, the consistency from that lineup, the consistency from the star power that you have at the top of the lineup for the Chicago Cubs hasn't necessarily been there the entire time. The starting rotation 
has been great at times, especially with you, Darvish. But then we have also seen guys like Mills and Chatwood and even John Lester to a point throughout this season struggle in the first half. So if you're a Cubs fan and you look at your team and you take into an assessment where you're at, yeah, you're 18 and 10. You're going to get to the playoffs and you're probably going to win the division. A couple of questions would be, though, how far can you actually get in the playoffs? How many teams in the National League are better than the Chicago Cubs? And are the Cubs just playing in a a down division, a down central this year? Because I, I think that's where you have this schedule made up of teams within your own division and with the AL Central, and you kind of look around and you're like, yeah, you're also playing the Tigers, you're also playing the Royals, and you're also playing a division that's not performing to what we thought it would be. Heading into this year, we thought the Brewers would be good, the Cardinals would be good, and a lot of people, including myself, picked the Reds to win the division, and all those teams have struggled to some extent. Yeah, I think, look, do you look at, do you take anything away from Clemson when they're running, rolling through teams in the ACC and beating up on cupcakes every year? No, they still make the the uh, college football playoff. So I think you look at the Cubs, and yeah, they're a flawed team, but you can only control what you can control. This isn't a year where you have to go out to L.A. and face the Dodgers until the playoffs. This isn't a year where you face the Astros or the Yankees or any of these other teams. You only play what the teams in front of you. And I think that, you know, my answer for the MVP so far this season, I understand that Ian Happ is leading the, the, the team in OPS. I understand that his slugging numbers, are five, he's slugging 575. I understand that he's, you know, his on-base percentage is 411. I get all that. But to me, the MVP is you, Darvish. It's got to be you, Darvish. Because he is anchoring that pitching staff right now that was rocked by the White Sox. He stopped the bleeding for them. And he's, his K through nine, or his, uh, his strikeouts per nine innings, he's at 10.7 strikeouts per nine innings. The dude is, if you go back to the middle of last season, the dude is flat out pitching. He would probably be one of my nominations for if we were doing like midseason awards, like a Cy Young. Like he would be the NL Cy Young this year. He's pitching so well. And it's, it's about time for the amount of money that the Cubs gave him. But ultimately, if you go into a playoff series and you started the playoffs and you, Darvish, goes to the mound for you first, you're fairly confident that you're going to be favored in that matchup. And then to have Kyle Hendricks and John Lester, those two guys be your one, two, or your two, three after that. And who knows what we're going to get from Jose Quintana. That's why I think that the Cubs are still going to be okay in the playoffs because yes, hitting can be, you know, a roller coaster ride of slumping and not slumping. But if you've got pitching that's pitching well and you've got a guy like you, Darvish, who's going to be, who's going to set the tone for you in game one, then, and you can win game one with you, Darvish. And you, even if you win that game one to nothing, two to one, whatever, like when they beat the White Sox, that sets the tone and, and winning the next two games puts so much more pressure on the other team that to me, it makes it that much easier for the Cubs. Assuming you, Darvish, can keep this up, right? If he keeps pitching like this, then the Cubs have a much easier route in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, you, Darvish, has gone five straight outings where he's given up either no runs or one. And to this point, you rem- remember back to his first start this season on uh, the 25th of July. Uh, the Cubs lost that game to the Brewers 8-3. to You, Darvish, only pitched four innings, six hits. He had three earned runs. Only the five strikeouts. Really, his weakest performance, obviously, and the only loss to the to date this season. But remember, that's how he started this season, and we all kind of thought to ourselves, ah, man, like, what well, happened? Because remember in the offseason, he talked about all the stuff that took place with the Astros, and remember, he was very vocal 
before the Astros were were accused and and caught mm-hmm. and everything with them cheating, like something was up when he was in the World Series. You go over the course of the offseason, you Darvish is like he he's vindicated off the fact that like I it wasn't me. It yeah. was they were cheating. Like I'm like it, all the struggles that I had. It wasn't just messing with my head. They were cheating. So like, and then you see him perform like that for for his first start, and you're like, oh man, I like I he was pitching well last year. Then you immediately see him bounce back. Right? He beats the Pirates. He beats the Royals. Brewers again. Cardinals, and then the White Sox. Over this last weekend. Well, remember in those spring training games, to spring training, those summer camp games, he got rocked by the yeah. White Sox. He left He left to the first. They were like, no, we're done. Mercy rule. Yeah, they're crushing him. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so guaranteed right. Everybody was like, oh, no, what's wrong with you, Darvish? Again, what's wrong with you, Darvish? And then he loses that first game of the season. What's wrong with you, Darvish? But he's bounced back. And to me, he is the ace of the staff, one. And two, he's the MVP of the team because he's the most reliable out of anybody. Name a more reliable player on the Cubs. Well, to this point, I think you do have to consider Ian Happ because Ian Happ in that leadoff spot, which we've seen for this team over the course of time, has been a major issue for this offense, has it not? Yeah, and if Ian Happ is your offensive leader, you've got problems. Well, okay, you can say that, and that that's like a, a easy throwaway uh, thing to kind it's of say true, there. Though. Look, dude, with names like Schwarber, Rizzo, Brian, Baez, he, he's seventeenth in baseball and weighted. Runs created plus on fan graphs. He's one of the best players in baseball. But Bryant so, was so an now, MVP. No, I Baez guess was uh, an that, MVP that's candidate. That's a larger issue for the yes. Chicago Cubs. I agree. But to this point, Ian Happ it would have to be in your conversation with his six home runs and his uh, 13 runs scored and his 15 RBI as a player who is probably an MVP candidate for the Chicago Cubs. If we were picking MVPs for the Chicago Cubs, Ian Happ would be a candidate. Is there anyone else on the table outside of you, Darvish, and Ian Happ? Like, would would you argue argue uh, Kyle Hendricks? No. Would, would you argue anyone else maybe within Jim the lineup? Jeffress, maybe Jeffress has been really good. I, He's been I don't very disagree reliable. Uh, he gets out of a lot. He comes in with a lot of guys inherited, with a lot of inherited base runners. He's been able to get out of most of them unscathed. So, like, I like th- think about the rest of the lineup. It's not Rizzo. It's not Baez. It's no, not Schwarber. It's no. not Contreras. Jason Hayward, uh, have you heard from I mean, him? He was leading recently? the team in RBIs for a while. All right, uh, Caratini. I mean, no. David no, Bodie, no, Kipnis. No. I mean, you know, John Lester. No, no. I mean, so I mean, there's very few options. I feel for the Chicago Cubs because really, even though you are 18 and 10 to this point in the mm-hmm. season, you really only have two stellar performances from two individuals on the squad. Like, yeah. like, are you going to give me an outside-the-box option and say it's David Ross? No, 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 no. No, it's you, Darvish. It's if Offensively, it's Ian Happ, and I could throw a, uh, a tip of the cap, if you will, to Jim Jeffress. And, and thank you for his, his – because think about it. When Kimbrell was out when they weren't using him and he wasn't pitching well, he was your closer for a while. You needed him. He and still if, is your closer. I know, and if there wasn't – if you didn't have him as the anchor in that bullpen, where would they be right now? Nate says it's uh, Rizzo. He wants to put on Twitter, he says he's going with Rizzo. Okay. I disagree because I think that Ian Happ has better offensive numbers right now. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, it's not I think does. he does. I, I think I, – I feel as if it's tough to put Rizzo as the guy just because um, I think at some point we're going to see more from him. I also think that, you know, we've been doing this show for 
a little over a week now, and I think that Ian Happ has has been in that leadoff spot for you know almost just as long, if a little bit longer, and he has looked the most comfortable. And to not have the the constant conversation with Cubs fans over the uh, the off season during the regular season is they don't have a real leadoff guy, they don't have a real leadoff guy, they don't have a real. Well, now they do. Ian Happ is a productive leadoff man. If he and if he continues up he at can, this pace, okay. If he conti- of course it is. Everything is if he continues up at this pace. And I what I don't want to see. What I don't want to see from David Ross is as soon as Chris Bryant comes back from the injured list, he's back in that leadoff spot. I don't want to see that. I want to see Ian Happ there for the rest of the season. So you're going to put – who are you putting two then? Is that Rizzo or are you putting Bryant at two? I'll put Bryant at two. Okay, so Rizzo goes a three. Okay. And that's where you kind of shuffle everything else And then out. you just kind of shuffle everything down. And then you yeah. hope that Javi, because in the three-hole right now – struggling even though two home runs three hits yesterday Yeah, he's got to get i mean i don't look you want to put your best hitters up at the top that's baseball facts so ian Happ's your best hitter you put him at the top right now see but the, here's the problem and i think what what people will argue you could put is Rizzo that chris too, bryant over the long haul will be the better player over ian Happ. so you're just gonna ride the hot bat in so ian Happ until put brian at two then no what i'm what i'm pointing out is ian Happ. Unless this is him for for good now going forward, that this is going to be... I get it, Chris, but there's 30 games left. No, I know Like, we're almost done. You know, like, there's 30 games left and then there's the playoffs. This isn't like, oh, well, it's May and we've got the whole season. And who knows if Ian Happ's going to keep doing this, but he's doing it for our boys on the north side right now. No, he's going to, like, if he's continuing to produce like this, keep him in the... the leadoff. Okay, it's uh, something we will continue to debate. The MVPs on both sides of town for the Cubs and the White Sox. We're at the halfway point in this baseball season. This is the Baseball Show. The Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So we're at about the halfway mark in this baseball season. 60 games, like the A's are at 30 games, the Twins are at 30 games, the Rays at 30 games, a whole bunch of teams right around 30 games. The Cubs are at 28. They're playing 29 right now. Cubs and the Tigers, the White Sox tonight, they're uh, right there uh, almost at that 30-game threshold. So we're at the halfway point, Abdal. And when we look at the two baseball teams in town, and I ask you, who are the MVPs of Chicago baseball to this point in the season? I, I think it's an interesting conversation between you, Darvish, Ian Happ, Anthony Rizzo, and the Cub options. But clearly, I, I think you're right. It, it probably is you, Darvish, as the Cubs MVP to this point in the season. If I asked you about the Chicago White Sox, and I said, who's the MVP of the Chicago White Sox at this point? I think there are some good names to discuss, good names to go through. I would first throw out there Tim Anderson. I would suggest uh, we could go through Tim Anderson, uh, Jose Abreu, mm-hmm. Luis Robert. Mm-hmm. I think those are probably three really good options that people could vote on, people could pick, people could choose as the MVP for the White Sox to this point in the season. I would go with Jose Abreu. He's slugging a nice 669. 
Um, I think that he is, I don't think, I know, he's fifth in the major, in uh, the American League in batting average. He's tied for first in home runs. He's first in runs batted in in the American League. Uh, he's third in hits. I mean, the dude is just an offensive machine right now. I mean, a lot of those home runs did come at the expense of the Cubs the last uh, few days uh, going into this series uh, against the Pirates, but still, you know, it's a shortened season. He's got he's leading. He's the co-leader in uh, in home runs in the American League. I think it's it's uh, it, I think it's Jose Abreu, and he, he's kind of you know he's kind of the I don't want to say like the leader of that team, but you know he's a lot of guys look up to him in that lineup, and I think that you can say Tim Anderson because he's leading off and he kind of sets the table for everybody and that kind of thing, and he can steal and all that and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's Jose Abreu because I don't think that there's a pitcher just yet. Like Giolito had that great outing, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you can pin he's been it good on last couple times. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think you can pin it on one single pitcher because of the ups and downs. Like da- Dallas Keuchel's probably been the most consistent sure. out of the pitchers but I think that Jones Cease after his first outing he's yeah, been real good yeah but I think with the way that this team is winning games you have to go with an offensive player and so I think it's Jose Abreu you know what's interesting about Abreu and Tim Anderson Abreu's played in 29 games Tim Anderson's played in 19 but the offensive numbers are not that far off uh, you mentioned the slash numbers for Jose Abreu slash numbers of 322 365, 669. You look at Tim Anderson, his average 350 on base, 388 slugging, 675. I mean, the the slash numbers are pretty close. Uh, Six home runs for Tim Anderson to the Jose Abreu 11 that that are just uh, eye-popping and uh, in the tie for uh, what Nelson Cruz has 11 as well Mm -hmm. in the AL. But, you know, I I think it's it's a good debate because... Tim Anderson has played 10 less games, but he clearly is the spark plug to this team. He is the one that wears his emotion on his sleeves. He's the one that gets this group going. And like you said, uh, figuratively and uh, literally, because he's the leadoff hitter for this team, and he has been awesome to this point in the season. Um, Jose Abreu, though, has been consistent, and he's Mm -hmm. been the guy that's been there each and every day. I I think that's a really, really good question, and it's a toss-up. I would lean towards Tim Anderson, assuming that he plays the rest of the games out. He will be the MVP of the Sox. But I think to this point, if you if you had to pin me down and say you have to answer on the first half, I think you're right. I think it's Jose Abreu. I think with forty uh, close to forty more at bats than Tim Anderson because of the games he's missed. You know, you look, he's got twenty eight RBI. He's got you know, the eleven home runs. I just think that if I'm not saying they'd be hurting if they didn't have Jose Abreu, but you just look at the stats, and this dude is just producing at every single offensive category. I mean, some people are saying Luis Robert because he leads the team in in war. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know about the end his defense too, but you can say the same for Jose Abreu at first base. Yeah, lower slash numbers for Robert: uh, two sixty five, three twenty one, five forty one. If you want to look at the advanced analytics, right? Weighted uh, runs created plus. Roberts 133. Abreu's at 179. Yeah. Tim Anderson, though, 188. Well, the best in baseball. Uh, his war, though, Tim Anderson's war, 1.2. Abreu's 1.3. Robert is at 1.1. So, I mean, all three individuals, very close. And I think it also speaks to why the White Sox have been so special to this point in the season. 
and why they are uh, sitting at the record that they're sitting at, sitting there at 17 and 12, third in the AL Central, but they're also in a division with two really good teams, the Cleveland Indians and the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I think, you know, they definitely are in the tougher division. You know, they are in thir- third place, but they're not there far, not that far back. And this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the season, how the White Sox need to compete, and I think that they're doing that and more. This is a legit playoff contending team. This is a team that if the pitching uh, matches up with the hitting in the playoffs, this team could do a lot of damage in the playoffs because you get a hot team that's in the playoffs. If everything is going well for the pitchers and everything um, clicks for the pitching, the bullpen, and the offense at the same time, and it's just the hottest team going into this stretch of playoff games, they could really do some damage in the American League for sure. Bottom first, the Tigers on the board, one nothing over the Chicago Cubs. Tyler Chatwood has already given up a run. Miguel Cabrera singled the deep right center. Reyes scores one nothing. Tigers in the bottom of the first with one out. Is Tyler Chatwood trying to get through this inning? I'm telling you, man, hot yoga. Hot well, yoga for the I, back. I don't think hot yoga hot is yoga the, for the answer. Back. So uh, we're talking about Jose Abreu, and of course, last weekend he was fantastic against the Chicago Cubs. Jose swats it left center field, way back there at the wall. Bring them all home. Three-run home run. Jose Abreu. Oh, one more for the road. Bring him home again. Second one tonight for Jose. Well struck. Very well struck. And out of here. Bring him home for the lead. Top six. That man has a sense of urgency and a flair for the dramatic. Jose in the air, left field, way back. Bring him home again. A cement mixer to beat all cement mixers, and it's 5-2. to two. One more time, bring him home. They keep going out of the ballpark at an astonishing rate. 17th three-home run game in White Sox history. Oh, my goodness. Batman Jose is at it again. Well, that's only six in the series so far. This is outrageous. Shout out to NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti, Steve Stone on the call as Bray mashed last weekend against the Cubs. Uh, Mitchell Winkleman on Twitter uh, wants us to note that it's Keuchel. Or Tim Anderson, Abreu has just started heating up two weeks ago. And also, no credit for Alex Colme. Uh, he's only given up one run all season. Chris Black, do you even watch the games? Do you? Yeah, yeah, watch the games. Yeah, I mean, look, Absolutely. if Jose Abreu is just heating up the last two weeks and he leads <laughs> the American League in runs batted in, he's tied for first in home runs. He's third in hits. Like, Tell me he's just, oh, okay, okay. I'm just reading what we're getting here. No, I I understand. We get people uh, tweeting us pictures of watching baseball games, listening to Black and Abdallah do the baseball show. do you watch the games? Yes, yes, I do. Are you sure? We're watching a game right now. We are watching a game right now as we keep our eyes on the Cubs and Tigers for you here on ESPN 1000. Also, Nick wants to know, come on, Abdallah, go uh, full all... Full old-timey baseball guy. You were almost there at Chris Black. Let's get something straight about old-timey baseball guy here. This is something that it's Chris... It's on demand. This is something... No, this is on demand. This is great. This is something that Chris and I came up with when... Oh, we really want to get into this right about now? old. No, because you do old-timey baseball guy, too. This is you and I well, you as know what the this old is. Muppets this is... up in the, <laughs> watching in the theater booth. Well, but the bit was Grandpa Baseball would yes. come in One with his... One trick is to uh, tell them stories uh, that don't go anywhere. And he would just kind of ramble on and on and on. Back in my day, Jose Abreu... I, I don't have to think for that. 
Well, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I mean, we we could. I mean, if we wanted to We'd do carry all the off updates, the field is what here. we do. Next next After time there's three a home score, runs in a row. Next time there's a score in the Cubs game, we'll give an old timey update. Okay, we, we can do that. We can do that coming up next. Can, we, can right. the can the music be uh, what was that? The uh, oh, I got what's you. That old timey. Eric has old timey. No, not the this week in baseball because that people will get offended. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they can't handle that. Yeah. I mean, isn't that whole thing meant to be? Yeah, I All was right. thinking about the more like the like the speakeasy music. You know, like when you open the door to a yeah. speakeasy. No, I'm, I'm with Abdallah. There's women dancing right. on tables. Double doors like, yeah. swing we're open. We're smoking those wacky yeah. cigarettes. Hey. Is what we're doing. Yeah, those those. <laughs> the baseball show with Black what? and Abdallah. Week 9 to 6 on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 2-0, Tigers lead. Oh, you want me to do, you want me to do a voice, right? Yeah, it'd be nice. Let the people know that you do it too. You see here, it's at the bottom of the first. Two outs and the Tigers lead it. Two nothing over the Chicago Cubs as Tyler Chatwood's walking the yard, Abdallah. What happened? He's just walking the yard. And Jacoby Jones, he gets a hit, sacrifice, fly. Two right, Cabrera scores. It's two nothing as, look at this Chatwood, just walking the yard. Miguel Cabrera's been in the league so long, he remembers we could drink at games. Yeah, now, with yes, Prohibition, we yes, can't do such things. See, look at this. At least, a out, ditty. at least out in the open, Chris. There he goes. You know I mean. Wilson Cabrera's with a toss and oh, wow. All right, here we go. Black and Abdallah here on the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll keep our eyes on the Cubs and the Tigers <laughs> as the night goes on. Yeah, this is nonsense. Uh, so, since we're at the halfway point, Abdallah. Yeah. Uh, I made predictions on Cap's show before uh, Cap and Jay Hood took Ooh, over. It is time for a tone to you for your mistakes. Well, I just want to keep uh, keep a record of this because we talked about it on the air. So it is something that I held on to and yeah. something I will admit to being wrong when I'm wrong. Uh, this is what I had for MLB predictions before the 60-game schedule started. Here's what I had in the American League. I had the Twins and the White Sox getting in from the Central. Still I had the good. Yankees and the Rays from the East. Still good. The West, I had the Astros and the Athletics. Still good. The Wild Cards, the Indians and the Angels. Still good. Well, the Angels mm, are Angels, not, not good. so much. Yeah, uh, nine Angels, not so much. Yeah, the Angels lost today, I believe. Right? Uh, e- they're still. Uh, let's see. E- Doubleheader. Okay. So they lost the other one because you're you're looking at it too. They yeah. they're, they're up four nothing in the top of the first against the Astros in the second game. <laughs> they lost earlier today six to three mm-hmm. uh, in seven. So a doubleheader. Uh, Angels and the Astros. So you know the Angels a bad pick, but Nine, outside of that, right now, yeah. everyone else in the pennant for the American League. I have the Oakland Athletics, and right now mm-hmm. in the American League uh, with twenty wins. The Athletics look like they're the best team in the American League. Absolutely. And with two teams making it from each division, I mean, the Astros are three games out, but they're still in. You know, the Indians are two and a half games out, as are the White Sox, so they're both still in right now. 
Uh, the Yankees are only a half game back of the Rays. So, yeah, they're both going to make it. And then the Blue Jays are three and a half from that. So it looks like it's going to be the Yankees and the Rays out of the AL East for sure. It would be that last team to get in would be the Blue Jays right now, I right? I think so, yeah. 14 and 13. And that's crazy because the Orioles are 14 and 14 as well. Um, but everyone else has like 11 wins. Uh, the Tigers, the Royals, the Rangers, the Mariners, and the Angels. So, like, the Blue Jays at 14 and 13 probably going to be a playoff team the way it is in the American League. In the National League, this is what I had. The Reds and the Cubs in the Central. Uh, not great, Bob. Well, the, the Cubs are there. The, the Cubs Reds are fine. Are the Reds are 11 and 16. They're six and a half games back. Sorry. In the East, the Nationals and the Braves. Okay. Which uh, the Nationals not looking hot. No, They're 11 and 15 right yeah. now. Uh, in the West, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks mm. are the worst team in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not have the Padres as a team. That would be in the playoffs, and they have been fantastic. One of the best teams kind of to watch in baseball, 18 and 12. Uh, In the wild card, I had the Mets and the Cardinals. The Mets right now in contention, sub-500, though, and the Cardinals above 500, but they've only played 18 games. The Cubs have 18 wins to this point in the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, My AL MVP was uh, Matt Chapman. I'm sure right now if they voted, it would be Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Because Cruz has been fantastic. 11 home runs so far. And uh, the NL MVP, I had Juan Soto. Uh, Probably it would be Fernando Tatis Jr. That's that's what I would do. But you know Soto's hitting 400 right now. So like Soto has been quietly terrific. Yes, Mm -hmm. but he's been terrific this year. Like like if you had to vote between Juan Soto on a a team under 500 or the exciting San Diego Padres with Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm probably voting for Tatis Jr., right? Agreed. I think so too, yeah. But like Nelson Cruz is at the moment running away with the AL MVP. The numbers he's put up are incredible. Yeah, right now Nelson Cruz is, I just had this up here, as Tyler Chatwood got out of the inning with 37 pitches. Oh, good to see Tyler Chatwood get through the Uh, inning. He's third in batting average right now. He's first in home runs. He's second in uh, runs batted in. Yeah. And he's fourth in hits right now. So, yeah, great. I mean, great season. He's top five in all these categories right now. He also leads the majors in weighted runs created plus at 198. I mean, so, uh, and not only that, he's playing for a first place team, the Minnesota Twins, one of the Mm -hmm. best teams in the American League. Um, so is there anything from the first half of the MLB season that sticks out in your mind where you can kind of say, you know what, I didn't expect that, that's different, that's changed, that's something I like? Um, I think that it's it's not that I didn't expect it, but I don't think I expected with this kind of authority. It's it's Fernando Tatis Jr. I think that that's, that's going to be the star of the first half or the first month or whatever you want to call it of the baseball season. I mean, he's got 12 home runs. He's leading majors in home runs. He's leading majors in runs batted in. He's, he's just kind of uh, epitomizing what a cool new baseball player is supposed to be right like he should be the new face of baseball he should be what major league baseball wants to market as the next great player in baseball and hopefully he keeps it up because i think that if he does the padres obviously have a great player they got a good team but i think that the game is in a good place with guys like him with guys like tim anderson with guys like javi baez that don't really care about these old rules and i'm just gonna 
I'm just going to hit. I mean, I just see it right now as uh, Stanford Steve tweets it out. He's going to be on SportsCenter with uh, Scott Van Pelt later tonight. So he's getting national exposure. Like baseball, getting, like baseball is a national sport, but we don't see baseball getting a lot of national exposure. It doesn't lead SportsCenter. Tonight, I guarantee you, Luka Doncic is going to lead SportsCenter no matter what he does tonight well, in the game, right? As we're going to carry that game at 8 o'clock tonight. So no matter what, and then they'll probably go to Messi. And then, because it's national and international, this was all over the earlier Sports Center. It'll be so, that. It'll be that and Luca. Yeah, Luca so, and the Clippers. So to see baseball getting national exposure, to an interview on Sports Center, they're showing Padres highlights. Obviously, they're showing on base on MLB Network because that's the network. But to get national exposure for baseball is huge. And when you have a guy that's as charismatic as he is, I think that that's great for the game. And I think that that's going to be the story. Especially if they do something in the playoffs, that's going to be the story of the season is the emergence of Fernando Tatis Jr. Did you have picks for who would get to the World Series before the season started? I did not. Do you have picks now? Who do you think is going to get to the World Series? Because I'm going to stand by what I had. Heading into the season, I had the Oakland Athletics and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm -hmm. I think those are the two teams that will get to the World Series. And before the season, I picked the Dodgers to win it all. I think the Dodgers will get to the World Series in the NL. It's hard. The problem, hmm. I want to say the Twins. I want to say I think the Twins are 20 and 10. They are really good. They're really good. I think that they, they... the problem is pitching. All these this pitching has to click at the right time, right? So, whose pitching are you more confident in, the A's or the Twins right now? I'm going to go with the Twins. So, I think that I'm going to pick the Twins and the Dodgers. All right, is that fair? Those are good picks. Let's Those go are... first to third. First, first, first to third. He is safe. Bryce Harper goes from first to third on a ground out. Black and Abdallah burning around second base. Go first to third. All the way from one corner to another. Not stopping at second. He's going to try for third. And the throw is not in time. Able to go all the way from first to third on a wild pitch. First, first, first to third. On the baseball show on ESPN 1000. A couple of things I want to get in here. Uh, Sarah Langs was on the Baseball Tonight podcast talking about the Padres and Fernando Tatis Jr. and how much fun they've been. Uh, they hit so many grand slams in the last couple of weeks. Here's Sarah Langs on the Baseball Tonight podcast talking about the records the Padres broke in the last week. So on Saturday, the Padres became the first team in MLB history with five grand slams in a six-game span. And that was two days after becoming the only team to hit a grand slam in four straight games on Thursday. They're the fifth team with six grand slams in a month, and August is not over yet, and I fully expect them to break that record and hit seven this month. And as you were saying, they're just so much fun. They're 18 and 12. It's the first time they've been in six or more games above 500, at least 20 games into a season since the end of the 2010 season when they finished 90 and 72 but did not make the playoffs. They won seven straight games for the first time since June 2013. I mean, they are on all cylinders right now and so much fun to watch. So that's Sarah Langs from MLB.com talking about the San Diego Padres. Do you know how much has to go right for you to hit a grand slam? Yeah, of course. It's not just you hitting a home run in a clutch position. It's everybody getting on base and then the pitcher screwing up and giving you something to hit. Like, it's... 
it's crazy that not only have they hit six of them, but she expects them to hit. There's, I mean, there's what six days left in August, and she expects them to hit one more. Uh, first to third, Black and Abdallah here on the baseball show. Second up is Sarah Langs, our friend from MLB.com on the Baseball Tonight podcast, talking about Jose Abreu and the possible MVP for the White Sox in the first half of the season and the stats to follow up the home runs from Abreu over the weekend against the Cubs. So Jose Abreu hit six home runs in the White Sox three-game series against the Cubs this weekend, which was a lot of fun to watch again and really exciting for the city of Chicago, if you ask me. And so he had a home run in four straight at-bats from Saturday into Sunday, which is tied for the MLB record. A bunch of guys have done that. Nobody's had five straight. We were all hoping in that next at-bat, and then he grounded out. But he... He hit six home runs in a series, which is tied for the most by a player in a three-game series since at least 1913. First guy to do it since Hesup Choi in 2005. Sean Green did it in 2002. Alex Rodriguez did it in 2002. And Barry Bonds did it in 2001. It's also the most home runs by any White Sox player in any series of any length, so not just a three-game series, in franchise history. And the White Sox hit 27 home runs over a seven-game span that ended on through Saturday which is the most in a seven-game span in MLB history. So that's Sarah Langs on the Baseball Tonight podcast. Uh, we are going through first through third right here on ESPN 1000. Did you hear this from earlier today? And our final thought on first to third is uh, Anthony Rizzo. I'm with Cap and Jay Hood every Tuesday here on ESPN 1000. Is it realistic to dream of a cross-town World Series, Cubs and White Sox, Here's Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo earlier today. It's very fair, but don't dream about it this year. Let's wait till there's fans back in the stadium. All right, so if we're gonna have a crosstown uh, World Series. Let's let's wait till 2021. Uh, not gonna complain if it happens this year because it'll be awesome. But you know, we definitely do miss the fans. It was de- it was definitely weird not not having the. White Sox, Cubs fans going at it at Wrigley this past weekend. So that's Anthony Rizzo, and that's uh, first to third here on the baseball show. Get some of the news and notes from around MLB earlier today. I think he's right. It would kind of, it would kind of be a shame to have a Cubs White it Sox. It'd be cool World but it, Series. It'd be this a year. shame. Like I mean, it'd be good for baseball because, as far as like the virus is concerned, because there's no travel. I mean, they're right here. Well, and listen, listen, eyeballs. People would want to see that. Oh, of course they would. But you're right. It would be so much more fun if people could pack both ballparks. Absolutely. Chris Black, Am Abdallah with you here on ESPN 1000, previewing the White Sox matchup tonight against the Pirates. Lucas Giolito is on the mound, and we will hear from him next. The Baseball Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Do you remember that really bad loss for the Sox against the Tigers in Detroit? And then Dallas Keuchel talked to the media. But he made those comments to his teammates as well. And then yeah. from then on, the, the White Sox have been playing. They've been cooking with with gas. They've been playing great baseball as mm-hmm. of late. Yeah. Lucas Giolito was on Waddle and Sylvie last week. And he talked about how important those comments from Dallas Keuchel were to the team. I thought it was hugely important. Uh, you know, I kind of touched on that in the first question. Uh, you know, basically us coming together as a team, not, not necessarily needing uh, Ricky to come in and, and, and kind of correct the ship, um, having that type of leadership from a guy like Dallas, uh, letting us know, hey, 
uh, this is this what what we're doing right now is not what winning teams do. Uh, we need to come to the field ready to go, um, be ready to win a ball game. And so I thought that we responded really well to that back in Detroit, and now we're just kind of riding that wave. So Lucas Giolito on the mound tonight for the Sox at guaranteed rate seven ten start. He's 2-2 two two with a 3.89 ERA going against left-hander Stephen Brault of the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are 7-17. Seven the Sox entered tonight's game at 17-12. and 12. Let's see if Giolito can put together another fantastic performance for the Southsiders. Yeah, capitalize off that uh, that win. I know the White Sox are big favorites tonight, so if you're going to bet them, uh, take that run line, not the money line. Black and Abdal, it's time for the stat of the night. Jambi's on base percentage was 476. Stat of the night. Damon's on base, 324. And Almeida's was 291. On the baseball show. Add that up and you get... What do you speak? What do you get? 1092. On ESPN 1000. And tonight's stat of the night is 2087. Ooh. 2087. And this is a good one, Abdallah. This is oh. a great stat of the night because we have a discrepancy in the record books. Uh-oh. If there's one thing I know about baseball, old-timey baseball guys, is that the record books are what matters, right? Without records, what do we have, Chris? Yeah, what do we, what have? Do we, we have? have chaos. It's, it's, we have anarchy is yes, what we have, yes, Chris. It's we anarchy, have anarchy. Right? Okay, so here's the stat, right? Uh, the stat is 2087. And we go back to last night, the Angels... Albert Pujols at the dish. Albert 0 for 2. Fly ball to center and a ground ball to first. Albert pulls this one to the left field. And there it is. He passes Alex Rodriguez with that single. A little bit of a bobble there by Tucker. Rendon will take third. Congrats on that one, Albert. Second all-time now by himself. Okay, so all-time of what? RBI. All-time RBI. Pujols passes Alex Rodriguez as the all-time RBI list uh, in second place with 2087. He now stands alone in second place, only behind Hall of Famer Hank Aaron. Well, you could say that, but then when you look it up on different websites, you do see Babe Ruth is second all-time at 2,214 RBI. And so Abdallah and I were talking about this right before we, we came back from the last commercial break because Abdallah thought that I had the wrong stat mm. because some places suggest that Babe Ruth is number two all time and Pujols is number three, even though he is number two and he's only behind Hank Aaron. Well, on the MLB.com article about Albert Pujols moving into second place, it explains because the RBI record book is a bit confusing for a couple of reasons. This is right from the article. For starters, RBIs did not become an official stat until 1920, which means Elias does not consider Babe Ruth or Cap Anson to be members of the 2000 RBI club, even though they are listed as having reached that milestone in some places that retroactively included RBIs to accrue prior to 1920. On those lists, Ruth is placed above Pujols. But there's more. Additionally, due wait, to the that's more. Yeah, yeah. Additionally, due to the uncertain nature of record keeping in the early part of the 20th century, some discrepancies exist between the stats provided today by different historical data providers. Mm-hmm. For example, some sources list Ruth as having 2,214 RBIs, while others have him at 2,213. So there's a discrepancy of one missing run. 
batted in. Well, you know what for happened Babe Ruth. is they tried to go back to the so Rickenbergs. Out tried, of the record book. They tried to go back to the oldest guy possible and said it was it, on, on June twenty third. Take that. Pool is in second. Nineteen nineteen. How many RBIs did Babe Ruth? He's like, well, well, let me see if I can I recall. I think it was three, but it could have been four. I Who knows? Four. I had four peaches on the afternoon of April the twenty second, and that day Babe Ruth what was happened spectacular. Was I left the, I left uh, my seat for a second to refill on some luckies, and when I came back, people were cheering. Uh, and they're like, lucky. How many runs did he get in? Well, like, I, I don't know. Three luckies, and, and there were three or four that came in, and. Uh, so I had no idea because you could still drink back then. Run and so I bit off the sauce and it was great. And then I went back and I saw my girl and we danced the night away on the table. <laughs> and that's the baseball show for tonight. We will come back and talk Bears football in two minutes. From Wrigley on the north to guaranteed rate on the south. Dance this on the is table. the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. It was a style at the time.